welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hangeli. Today, we are joined by Caden Carbajo to discuss the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs season as they near the midway point. Caden, thank you for coming on and joining Sam and I today. We appreciate the time. I appreciate being on here. Yeah, of course. So we'll go through a kind of list of different topics that relate to the Chiefs so far in the 2022 season. But to start, really, we'll provide a little bit of a recap of like where they're at right now. Five and two, second best record in the AFC, have the best record in the AFC West, which I don't know if that's saying something because AFC West has turned out to be a very average division outside of the Chiefs. And they've had a very difficult schedule. They've had to win at San Francisco. They had to go to Tampa Bay. Um, they played Buffalo, even though they lost that game. They've already played the Chargers at home. They had to go to Arizona. But with that said, are you guys surprised? Where the Chiefs are at at a five and two record and the second best in the AFC, or is this about what you expected um, them to be at? I would say I would say a little bit more on the expected side, but maybe a little bit of surprise. Uh, we didn't realize um, what the offense was going to look like uh, without Tyreek Hill. I think it's looked a, a little bit better, a lot more efficient. It may not be as explosive as it was uh, with Tyreek Hill, but they're still a uh, uh, their third down conversions are still about 48%, which is just absolutely mind-boggling. And I think that's uh, with, uh, with it like being third and longs. So the offense still looks really good. Uh, Travis Kelsey is having another great season. Uh, he's about uh, 47 catches right now, 553 yards, seven touchdowns, and four of them were in that Raiders game. So he's almost at a thousand yard he's almost he's at the halfway to a thousand and we're only at a eight weeks in and seven games have been played so he still has 10 more games to go so the Chiefs right now they're number one in scoring and they're second in yards and uh the one thing I was really concerned about early on was going to be the chemistry it did show a little bit that their chemistry was still trying to get figured out but uh the last uh I would say the last three weeks I would say the uh, continuity is starting to get there now, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is starting to uh, establish himself as a uh, top receiver for this uh, team and uh, looking at a really good season. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantley has shown some moments. He's been a little bit inconsistent right now. Mikol Hardman, he's been uh, been a little bit up and down, but he also had a heel injury, and that's starting to heal up, and he really had a strong showing against the uh, – 49ers used in the jet sweep game and um, had three touchdowns last week. And then but Sky Moore, uh, he hasn't really developed at all right now. Problem, I think part of the problem is he's in the punt return game and he's doing something that uh, that he's never done before. And that's not an easy task for him, and especially doing it at the NFL level. And he never did it at the college level. And so I, I'm wondering... Uh, how long they stick with him in a punt return. I think, I hope they can take him out of punt return so I could just have him solely focus on a receiving, which I still think he can make a little bit of an impact uh, going forward if he just uh, 
gets all that energy uh, towards the receiving side. Yeah, I mean, there's really only been like three receivers. You could argue four with Travis Kelsey, but there's really there's really has only been three receivers that have done much of anything for the Chiefs. MVS, he's gotten some really big plays. He's been kind of the big play guy with the long yardage plays. Juju has been kind of used in the middle passing situations. And McCole Hardman, he had that huge game against San Francisco that was really eye-opening to me. But other than that, it's really only been those four guys that have have done most of the lo- workload. Exactly. Are you guys concerned about the run game? They, the Chiefs have had a very sporadic run game. You know, their two losses this year against Buffalo and against Indianapolis, they didn't run. They didn't run the ball that well, and Edwards Alaire was coming into his third season, and I think expectations were that. He'd be the lead running back. He'd have the best season of his career up to this point. And it hasn't been as smooth. They moved Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, not only to return some some kicks, but they also moved him to the number one running back spot. What's your guys' thoughts on the run game? And is the run game a unit where Chiefs fans should be a little bit worried or concerned about? in the second half uh not necessarily so i want to just show uh, the stats from our running backs and the two losses against the colts they only got 29 yards and then against the bills they only got 43 yards i think part of it is uh i think it, it re- you have to trust the uh, offensive line and against the colts that O line just got beat up and couldn't make any plays and the bills game i think it was a little bit of the same story Maybe the running game is a little bit more of a concern against the Bills, especially like if we're talking about January football and if the game ends up being played in Buffalo, you don't know what you're going to get forecast wise. And that could be, uh, it could be uh, snowing. And if it's snowing, then the running game would have to be something that needs to be utilized. I don't think it's a much of a concern. If you want to compare the Chiefs and Bills together, they both don't have a really good running game. Like Devin Singletary is not very good. So if you want to look at it in that perspective, you definitely feel a lot, a little bit better that the Chiefs have Pacheco and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has done some stuff. And then Jared McKinnon in the postseason last year was really phenomenal. So in that regard, I, I feel good about the uh, running game. Right now it's uh, 21st right now in, in the NFL total. Orlando Browns looked a lot better the past few weeks. I'm really concerned about the right tackle spot with Andrew Wiley. He's getting beat against uh, some really good uh, defensive ends like Max, Max Crosby. And then of course, uh, Von Miller, who uh, Von Miller might be the is arguably the best defensive end in all of the NFL. So just looking at all that, um, I'm more concerned about the offensive line play than I would say the running game. Cause I think, if the offensive line shows up, then a running game will fall. We saw that against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Edwards Alaire and uh, Isaiah Pacheco had a uh, really good day running the football because the line stepped up. I do think Pacheco should start from here on out only because I believe he is more explosive than any of the other running backs that we have. Um, I, I do also think that Elair has shown some flashes, but not as much as Pacheco 
Pacheco is just a lot faster. And I do believe we can use McKinnon in a lot of situations. But Pacheco, I believe, is uh, the right person to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caden, you know, you mentioned you, you would like a little bit more of McKinnon. He had that big conversion last week against the 49ers on the third and 20. Do you think he's an option they can use a little bit more in the, the screen game? I mean, yes, I do, because Hilaire has not proven to me to be anything that McKinnon has has already shown. I mean, if if you look in the in the big spots that McKinnon has has had, I mean, he did really well in the in the playoffs last year. And Hilaire, he's he seems to always not perform well when in situations that he's called upon. Because the running game has had some issues, like Sam mentioned, 21st in the league, we saw a lot of run sweeps, a lot of action where McCall Hardman was in the backfield and was getting a lot more plays uh, and, and his name called upon. I don't know. Do you guys feel that McCall Hardman, I mean, we already know he's his true position is a wide receiver, um, and his maturation has not been maybe as – solid or as as upward as maybe fans had like but do you guys feel like Hardman should be a guy that maybe can get maybe three or four types of play calls where he's moved around in the backfield handed the ball off um compared to just being used consistently as a pass catcher uh I would I would say yeah yeah I think that would help I also think uh they the uh, trade for a Cardarius Tony could uh, fix that as well. I've heard that uh, from many uh, sports uh, NFL experts that uh, he's a Debo Samuel type player. And last year, Debo Samuel had 59 carries in the running game. And so uh, I think if you want to compare to that, I don't think he'll get, he'll definitely won't get that many carries, of course but you can definitely throw him in in that type of role and utilize him in the offense in the jet sweep. And then folk could put Nicole more in the, in the uh, deep passing game as well. So I think, I think uh, we, with the move to get Kadarius Tony, I think there's a, a great opportunity to use him in that, uh, in that field and uh, utilize him, try to maybe utilize him as a Debo Samuel type player and uh, create new uh, schemes that uh, AFC teams will have to uh, prepare for going forward. We will see. I, I think if Tony comes in and re- really starts to make a huge impact, I think that we maybe see McCall Hardman maybe be used in a lesser role because with MBS, with the big plays and Juju being there as a constant uh, threat as a, for a wide receiver, I think – that we will see Hardman maybe being used less in different ways that he will get utilized. I mean, they could put Hardman in the backfield in certain plays like we saw in San Francisco. But I think if Tony comes in here and starts to make a lot of noise, then I think you'll, that's what you will see. Now switching more, uh, switching to the defensive side, how would you guys assess the defense at this point in the season? They've had some, you know, they've made completely different, you can say, defense than what they had last year. You know, no more Ben Neiman, no more Tyron Matthew. Sorensen's not there. A lot more younger guys in that 
defensive side where they drafted George Karloftis, Leo Chanel. They've they got Trent McDuffie. Uh, they trade, sorry, they drafted him uh, from Washington. Only played one game, but really since then he's had a lot of uh, moments where he's been sidelined with it with an injury, which has forced a lot of the other draft picks that they've had with Joshua Williams coming in. How do you guys rate the defense, considering it's had a lot of new, younger guys that have been forced to step up into prominent roles? I would say a scale from 1 to 10, like 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, I think a 5.5 would be uh, reasonable. Right now, they're uh, 25 in total yards, but they are third against the run. The run defense has been really good so far to this point but they're 30th against the pass. I think it's more right now that they're just really inexperienced and guys are just uh, going in and still learning Steve Spagnuolo's system. I mean, it feels like it's been a constant every year with the Kansas City Chiefs with uh, Spags is that it takes a really long time for them to get get it going. The first six weeks, they're still they're struggling, but late in the year, they, they can uh, make some really big plays to uh, win, to close out some football games. I think the biggest problem with the Kansas City Chiefs is they don't have a closer at defensive end. You looked at the Bills game. The reason why the Buffalo Bills won that game was Vaughn Miller was the closer. He was able to get to Patrick Mahomes. He uh, was able to sack him. He was able to make a play to like force Mahomes to make a make a poor throw that uh, that ended the game and sealed the win for the uh, Buffalo Bills. So that's the one thing that concerns me with the defense is they don't have a guy you can rely on to uh, close the game. I'm hoping that won't be a difference come January, but it definitely has a very high chance of that being the case. I do love how the young guys have stepped up. We saw Jalen Watson all the way back in week two have his 90-something yard interception return for a touchdown. That was really awesome to see. And then it would help if a lot of these guys were consistent and have not gotten suspended. We saw Willie Gay was out in the past few games, and then he he was a good sight to see last game. And then we would see Frank Clark be out for the next two games is not well. But if if everybody gets healthy and the way we should see this team do do really well. And we may pick up another another defender. I know they've looked at Josh Allen as a potential pickup, but we will see. Caden, I want to get your thoughts on the pass rush and the defensive line because Chris Jones has had five sacks this year. He leads the NFL in pass rush win win rate. Do you feel like it's just kind of Chris Jones and then it's just a lot of average guys, a lot of just middle-tier pass rushers? I mean, Jones is, has always been their leader. I mean, he's, he's always been the guy that they've called upon to make the big play and to get the sacks. But if we can, if we maybe can see, like, some of these guys like Frank Clark and play a little bit more better because it's always been Chris Jones – and maybe the young guys like George Karloftis are able to do some big things, which we've seen a little bit of that this this season. But if it can be more than just Chris Jones show every, every week, then they should be okay. 
maybe you guys have similar thoughts as as me, but I feel like a big separation. Like I think the Chiefs and Bills right now have performed as the two best teams in the AFC, but I feel like the the big difference between those two teams is the Bills. They can rely on more pass rushers and they can rely on getting to the quarterback more often with different guys compared to the Chiefs where we know it's Chris Jones, but I just don't know where they can find a second pass rusher. And especially in the playoffs, like they were able to get Melvin Ingram last year at the trade deadline and they picked him up and that helped him, but he's not there this year. I don't know where they can get that second pass rusher. Is it going to be Frank Clark? Is it going to be George Karloftis? Is it Mike Dana? I don't know. Let's compare it to the Bills and Chiefs. Like, what is the biggest difference you guys think between the Chiefs and Buffalo right now? Uh, definitely the pass rush. They have Von Miller. The Chiefs do not. I think for the Chiefs, you know, Frank Clark has to be that guy to step up. We've seen him play really well. Last week, he looked really sensational against the 49ers. He's played really well start from like November to January in the past. So we'll see if he can like do that. He definitely has to take care of those stomach issues that he has had a little bit more problems this year than in normal in normal past. So hopefully maybe the blessing in disguise for the two game suspension for Frank Clark is that like he can like fix his health a little bit and get that a little bit uh, taken care of during his uh time during his absence. They also, I think Carlos Dunlap is a guy you could look at too. Maybe he can step up, make some big plays. I mean, he had a, he's missed out on an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals where he spent like the majority of his career and was like, uh, made a name for himself there. So I'm going to, I think Carlos Dunlap is a guy who could step up late in the season and make some really big sacks when they need it. Probably is the Chiefs struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen, obviously, very mobile. And uh, he just uh, picks us apart And when he uh, gets out of pocket and he can just run all over us. So I wouldn't be surprised. I would consider this, but I know Spags does not going to do this, but go to more of a cover too. Just uh, send guys back and try to force Josh Allen to beat you from the, from the pocket. It might be hard with – might be hard because our corners haven't been that good right now. But I think when you get Trent McDuffie back, I think that can help out a lot and make it a little bit more difficult for the Buffalo Bills and to make them try to beat you in front and not uh, not over the top and not uh, not in the uh, rush game. So I think that's a big difference. And hopefully the Chiefs also can uh, get the right tackle and – Orlando Brown could continue to keep getting better to uh, be able to contain uh, Vaughn Miller in those critical situations. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like if, if we don't get another edge rusher, that's going to be really tough because in order to, to compete with the bills, we're going to have to get guys that are able to wrap up because so many times during that bills game, Josh Allen was just able to just meander his way around our defenders and, Devin Singletary was just running all over the place. So if we don't get all of our guys back and healthy, even if we are able to get a another patch rusher amongst the uh, trade ed, the trade deadline, 
that will be a, a great thing. But until we see the people that are on the field doing what they're trying to do to get after the quarterback, we really won't know until the, the games will start. Yo, there are many events coming up in the world of sports. It'd be great to be in attendance for such. Where can we get tickets? SeatGeek. You see, SeatGeek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals. SeatGeek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals. The best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today. Like, like I was like mentioned, they're five and two, have 10 games left in the regular season. What, what's your projected record of finish? And is it very unlikely that they're going to end up getting the one seed? Because they were the two seed last year and they had to play on wildcard weekend. Do you feel that is a similar fate for the Chiefs this season? Or do you think there is a potential path where they were to get the, the number one seed? I think they I think they do have a path to get the number one seed. It, it's gonna be a very difficult, of course. But like you look at the Chiefs schedule, like it is very favorable going forward for them. They got Denver twice. They get the Chargers that are really banged up pretty soon. They get the uh the Jaguars at home. Titans, I think, will be a tough game because we just struggle to match up with them and Derrick Henry's been massive against the chiefs in the in the past and then they still go to cincinnati that'll be a a very difficult game and they're really start their offense is starting to gel together i think worst case though i think 13 and 4 is the worst case scenario i think the best case would be would on it i would i'm gonna say i think 15 and 2 like they can possibly win out i don't think that's gonna happen but it is very – the uh, schedule is favorable for them to uh, pull that off. I don't really see that happening, though. But they definitely they definitely have a very easy schedule, I would say. Uh, more – a lot easier than, I, than we uh, anticipated when the season started. But I definitely like the spot where the Kansas City Chiefs are, and I expect the uh, defense to just get better as the, uh, as the guys – get healthy and start to get themselves back on the field. Yeah. I think the chiefs have a lot of winnable games down the stretch. I mean, they've got the Rams at home, which who have been struggling this year and the Bengals are always going to have to be a tough matchup considering that one is on the road and the Texans, that'll be a road game, but I think we can finish the job there. Seahawks have been done really well this year even without Russell and Russell has not had a great season with Denver and then the Raiders to finish out. And who knows, maybe that may not be a game that even matters, but which all games matter in this league, but if they may have their playoff spot already locked up by then, I would really be surprised to see that considering we did lose to the bills and that will be, that's definitely going to be the team to watch between now and the end of the season. Right. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. He's Mr. Quite Quite Limited, I would say. How about Russell Wilson doing a high knees on the plane? 
I guess they didn't win today, so so I guess it might have worked. But uh, if somebody was doing high knees on an airplane while I'm trying to sleep, I think that would be the worst ever airplane experience I would ever have. Oh, man. Make sure great videos. (laughs) Yeah, that would be horrible. I know uh, Justin Tucker kind of had had some uh, remarks to Mr. Russell Wilson on the – plane ride after the Ravens won on Thursday night. That was that was funny. But we kind of discussed a little bit about projected record, about the Chiefs finish, whether it's 13 and 4, 15 and 2, 12 and 5. Is Buffalo really the only team that is at the Chiefs level and can pose a threat? And then if if so, or if you have any other names, feel free to mention and then what are teams that the Chiefs should be maybe on the lookout for in the NFC potentially if they were to make a Super Bowl run? I would say probably the top – I would think if they make the Super Bowl, I would say either the uh, Philadelphia Eagles or the, and the Dallas Cowboys would be two I'm, I'm kind of looking at. Uh, the uh, Eagles have a really good offense. Their defense has been very good this year. The Cowboys' pass rush has been elite. Like, that's a really good defense. Micah Parsons looks like the best linebacker in the NFL. And then Dorian Armstrong's been, former Kansas Jayhawks, been uh, very productive. And then Trayvon Diggs has been, has been elite, of course. And then also, like, Dak Prescott's today looked really good. Tony Pollard is a sneaky, pretty good running back as well. They can, they can def their defense can definitely uh, give the Chiefs make possible troubles that they meet in the Super Bowl. But I think the big difference though would be if the Chiefs were to play the Cowboys coaching matchup. I definitely trust Andy Reid over any coach, but Mike, especially Mike McCarthy, who's had a lot of issues in the postseason after that winning that Super Bowl. He just uh. Just had a lot. They just he's not been able to get it done. They've had some like poor clock management, just poor play calling. That's uh cost the Packers and Cowboys some some big moments. So I think that's a. I think those are the two teams I'm like most concerned about in the uh, NFC and maybe the 49ers again once they get like healthy and Christian McCaffrey gets himself going. That could be a tough rematch as well. Yeah, there really hasn't been that many teams in the NFC to get that really kind of gets off the page at, at me. I mean, I think the the Eagles are one, like you said, and Dallas. Uh, I know Dak's thumb got rolled up onto again today, so we'll see how that shakes out. And I'm surprised with the Giants. I know that's not really a, that good of a team, but they've beaten some great opponents like the Ravens and the Packers. So we'll see how that goes with them. And really, and then I think you have to look at the AFC because the NFC, there's just not a lot of, there's lots of people after the top three spots that really are not that good. But, I mean, we have Buffalo in the AFC and the Ravens are always tough. I know John Harbaugh will have them having a great record towards the end as the season closes. 
Um, and with Tennessee, I mean, we got Derrick Henry. And, there, I mean, there, there's just a lot of really good teams in this league. And the parity has been second to, second to none this year. So it'll, it will definitely be interesting to see how everything shakes out towards the end of the year. Right. I think the big difference, if you want to compare the AFC to the NFC, is the quarterback play. With I mean, look at the AFC. Mahomes, Allen, one of the best two quarterbacks in the league. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. I don't think the Chargers are going to – like they can probably – they can still make a playoff. Like they can still make the playoffs – um, you can still kind of consider Justin Herbert as a, you know, as a good quarterback. I don't think he's a top five, but, and then you compare it to the NFC, the top teams that are winning the divisions, the New York giants are right behind the Eagles at, at six and one. Like, I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to do anything in the playoffs, the NFC South Tom Brady has not been good this year. He has been He's played like a wash quarterback, to be frankly, but that division is very, very bad. Tampa Bay might win that division and they go seven and ten, eight and nine. The NFC North, Aaron Rodgers is not looking good. Like it, it, he's not as bad as Brady, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked good. And that and then Kirk Cousins is winning that division, you know. I don't know if I would trust Kirk Cousins. The Rams, who I think talent-wise are the best team in that division, but they haven't played to the same level as they did last year. And then, again, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they're an amazing story. I think they've done a great job, with, especially on offense, like Sam alluded to. But, you know, is Jalen Hurts, is he going to prove to be a franchise quarterback in the playoffs? So um, I wish the Chiefs maybe were on a uh, – if they were in the NFC, I'd give them a, a little bit more of a, a better chance to make the Super Bowl. The problem is, you know, the AFC just has, I think, the better teams and the better quarterbacks to navigate through. But mm-hmm. I'll I'll really ask you guys this as a maybe a final send-off. What are the like what, what's the make or break for the Chiefs for the rest of the year? Like what needs to happen, whether it's a specific unit, whether it's a specific player that needs to get right, that needs to improve, that, you know, that needs to happen for them to be as equal as the Bills or that can knock off the Bills. And I guess on the flip side, if they can't get a certain area going, like that'll be their downfall. I think I'll, I'll say two, two, two and one position. The unit, the wide receivers, they need to be a more consistent Valdez Scantley, I think that's one guy I'm really specific at. Cannot uh, have like a big game and then have zero catches, zero yards the next, especially against the uh, Buffalo Bills, who are pretty much our main, I would say, the main focus. I would say AFC. Those guys have to continue to get better, get the continuity going, continue to uh, be able to under- learn Patrick Mahomes' tendencies and uh, be in the spots where uh, Mahomes feels the most comfortable at and then one position it's the right tackle Andrew Wiley's been got killed by Max Crosby and then got killed by uh Von Miller he did play I thought play a little bit better against the 49ers going up against Nick Bosa but that position is not very consistent right now 
And I like uh, where Orlando Brown is right now. I think he's starting to get better. He started out slow, but has improved uh, late, late, late in the year so far. Those are the those are the two things I think will make or break the Chiefs season. It may sound crazy, but for me, it would have to be the special teams. I know we've mm. the Chiefs have had a history of having tremendous special teams play, and the head uh, Dave Tobe has done a really great job with that uh, group. But we cannot have Sky Moore returning punts and kicks again. And that, and if we can do that, if he cannot be around anywhere around the ball when that happens. Because I don't think I, – I think these are just rookie mistakes with, with what he's doing. And if we can get Pacheco back there returning, that would be amazing. And – which he did do that last week, which was really good. Tommy Townsend has done a great job with the punting game. And I know these are just little things, but the, the little things, if you can't do those well, the big things aren't going to, aren't going to turn out well for them. And as, as long as we can keep everybody healthy, which and off the suspended list, we should be in great shape. And we'll see how Tony does when he comes along. Caden, for for those who end up listening to the podcast, and if they want to, if they're a Chiefs fan that potentially wants to learn more about you, want to see more of your coverage, what are uh, social media platforms that people can uh, reach out to you and talk about the Chiefs more? Well, my Instagram is uh, Caden Carbajo two, and my Twitter is Caden Carbajo. And then I also have some Facebook platforms that I will post on as well. All right. Well, appreciate it, Caden. We, Sam and I enjoyed having you come on and talk about the Chiefs uh, so far. Uh, first, really first half of the season. We thought you, you know, we figured this would be a good time. We did a, an episode last year. We talked about the Chiefs of the bye week. I think we talked, a little, we talked about them uh, two years ago too. So this is the third year in a row that we've had a Chiefs talk uh, halfway through the season. So, Caden, we really appreciate you coming on and providing your insight about the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you. I'll, I always enjoy coming on here. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.